Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. This morning has already been and is going to be a significant time together. Uh, If you're new with us and I haven't had the privilege of meeting you before, my name is Marty. And together with Rachel, who you met earlier, we get the great privilege of leading this location of Elevation Church Australia. And so today I'll be preaching... uh, Shorter than usual. Some are like, wow, that's the best news I've heard all morning. Joking. Um, But we want to create um, some significant space to be able to pray for people. And it's our anointing service, so we're going to be praying and we're going to be uh, anointing people. And that, that, that means we're going to take a, I'm just going to be really practical for a second, so, so you know what's coming, right? So we're going to be taking a dab of oil and placing it on the forehead as we pray over people, you might be thinking, like, what's the deal with this? Was some, was this some special oil? Like, did you get it from the Vatican? Like, where did it come from? Like, what's, you know, what, what's, what, what's going on with this? But oil in the Bible is often used as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's a picture of the way in which the Holy Spirit wants to pour out over our lives as believers with His power. And you know, as Christians, we. We, we don't just believe in the material world, so the, you know, the five senses, the things we can taste, touch, smell, hear, and the one that I missed out, of, of, of the fifth, um, feel, hear, did I say, anyway, I wrote them down and then didn't read them. Um, but as, so we don't just believe in that, but also we don't believe that the material world is inherently evil or has no value and only the spiritual matters. Sometimes there's moments where the natural and the spiritual overlap. And God, that's something powerful. In fact, we've done that already in our service. That's what communion's about. Um, can I, this, this sounds um, terrible, but you know, the communion that you took, I'm pretty sure they were Sakatar rice crackers um, from what I tasted. And I know it's Robina juice, right? So it's not inherently that the, the substance is anything special, but it's what it represents. And so there's this crossover of the spiritual and the, the, the material world. And so that's what we're going to do. We do that same, same thing with baptism. We, we believe it's an outward expression of an inward decision. Uh, there's nothing special about the water baptism water. It comes from the tap just outside that door, in, in case you're wondering. But when we take that and we cross that over with, uh, with our belief in God and His power and, and the Holy Spirit pouring out, that's what creates a powerful moment. We'll do the same thing when we lay on our hands. And so after this message, we're going we're gonna to take some time to create faith and, and, and space for that to happen. But before we do that, I, I want to drop you right into a scene that takes place about 444 B.C., and so the main character in this scene is a guy by the name of Nehemiah. So he's an Israelite, which were God's chosen people in the Old Testament. But Israel, what's happened is they've turned away from God. Now, because they had turned away from God, he had allowed them to be dominated by foreign powers. Uh, the temple was in ruins. The, the walls of Jerusalem had been broken down and destroyed. And many Israelites had been taken captive and exiled into a foreign power, into Babylon. And that's where this guy Nehemiah is. He's serving the king of Babylon. He's in the court as a cupbearer, uh, which sounds like you know a sweet deal. You get to you know drink whatever the the, the king's drinking. But um, they did that so that 
you know, if it was poisoned, the cupbearer would die before the king. So, you know, not, not so much of a sweet deal anyway. So that's, that's what he's doing. But while he's there, he hears about the temple being in ruin. He hears about the broken down walls and it grieves his heart. He prays to God. God moves and gives him favor with the king who releases him to return to Jerusalem and to rebuild the broken down walls. And so that's sort of the, that's the background. Okay, and we're going to jump into Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 11. You can find it in your Bible. or It'll be up on the screen here. And so this is Nehemiah speaking. He says this, So I went to Jerusalem and I was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. And I told no one what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. That's to rebuild the wall. There was, all, uh, there was no animal with me but the one on which I rode. I went out by night by the valley gate to the dragon spring and to the dung gate. And I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that were broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal that was under me to pass. Then I went up by the night by the valley and inspected the wall, and I turned back and entered by the valley gate, and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing. And I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, and the rest who were to do the work. Verse 17. Then I said to them, you see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burnt. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good and also the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. Okay, so here we find Nehemiah. As as I said, he's heard from God. He's had supernatural favor with the king. Let's just step back and get some perspective for a second. No one releases the slave of a conquered nation to return to their homeland and then rebuild the spiritual home of that culture, right? That's, that's That's not how the script goes. That's not what usually happens. But that's what God has done for Nehemiah. And now Nehemiah has seen with his own eyes and he's presented the vision to the people. He's, he's like, this is, this is where we're at right now. And so I, I, I want to take our focus on that second last sentence that's still up on the screen, which is awesome. It says, it, it reads like this, and they said, let us rise up and build. That's the ESV translation. Some will shorten it slightly and just say, let's rise and build. Great line, right? Rise and build or let us rise up and build. You know, great marketing strategy, you know, good phrase, you know, used by a leader to motivate and inspire people to a cause bigger than themselves. Except look at it carefully. It's not that. It's not Nehemiah's line. It wasn't him busy himself, you know, he's getting his TED talk all ready to go, got his presentation in, in, in the background, he's, he's preparing, he's carving out this amazing vision casting, you know, um, series that he's going to speak to the people about and he's thinking, okay, what line am I going to finish with? What works well as a hashtag? Is short enough for people to remember? What? Oh, I, I've got to rise and build. That's what, that's what I'll finish this presentation with. You know, it's not his motivating mantra to the people. It's simply this. I know this sounds very simple, but it's the people's response to the vision that Nehemiah presented in front of them. 
So, so here's my, I've got one thought today. Well, probably a few more, but one, one major thought, right? One thought today. Will that be your response this year, 2024, to the vision that God has put before you? Will you be like, okay, God, I, I, I see what you've spoken to me about. We're going to dig down a little bit into this a bit more. Uh, I, I, I'm going to see what you have in front of me. Okay, God, I'm going to rise up and build. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a person who just doesn't hear about what's going on or just doesn't get, um, you know, a, a God vision and purpose for my life. But I'm going to actually do something about it. You know, maybe over these last few weeks of January, You've been setting aside some time to, to seek God and to hear His voice for your life in this year. We've talked about this a number of times already, but uh, as a church, we, we practice this great rhythm in January of seeking God to get a word for the year, a, a word from God. It gives direction and clarity. Over the course of the year, I find for me, it's like an anchor. It pulls me back to, oh no, that's right, but God said this. When, you know, the winds and the waves and the circumstances of life are, are pushing and pulling me around, like, no, 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 God, you, you told me this in January. You told, you told me this for, 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 for this year. And so over the course of the year, I always find that it pulls me back to what God has for me. That, that, that word for a year is a vision. I, I like defining vision like this, a clear picture of a preferred future. Okay, God, you've given me, you've given me a, a preferred future. You've given me a, a, a picture. We can hear from God. We can see this picture of a preferred future. But then the next question is simply this is how will we respond? Will we approach it like these Israelites did with a rise and build mentality? You know, for, for me, my... Um, my word for the year personally is, is wait or waiting. And it comes from me seeking God and feeling like uh, he wanted to develop the discipline in my own life of, of waiting on him, of waiting on his Holy Spirit in everyday life. That when I'm in conversations with people, I won't just jump in and, and say what I think. But as they're talking, I'm listening in the background. I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, what, what, what have you got for me? Okay, how am, I, how am I encouraging this person? How am, I, how am I leading them? How am I shining the light of Christ into their life? And that's not just for, you know, like conversations you have as a pastor. That's with my neighbors. That's with people, people I meet. Okay, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait on you. And I'm not just going to dive in or jump in, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to understand that you have something to bring to this place. That, that's my word for the year. But I can have this word, you know, wait, waiting. We normally actually print them out and put them in like a little frame in our house to, to remind ourselves. But I, I can have all that. But am I going to rise up and build a life that prioritizes the presence of God. That's my challenge for this year. Am I, am I going to rise up and build in prayer and in worship so that I can be sensitive and I can wait on the Holy Spirit, not just on a Sunday morning or not just for a message, but in everyday life, wherever I go and whoever I talk to? That's mine, but what is it for you? What's your next step of your journey of following Jesus? What do you need to rise up and build? Maybe you've been thinking about your family and the priorities of relationship, maybe investing into your children, maybe making sure that you're not just around but actually present. There's probably a nudge from God. It's probably a nudge from the Holy Spirit. But now's the time to rise and build. 
Now's the time to not just hope that might happen, but to say, okay, if that's what you've placed before me for this year, God, then I, I'm going to step into it. I'm going to put the phone away. I'm going to, I'm going to prioritize. I'm not going to work back late every night at work. I, I'm going to do something that sets my life ready to rise up and build this type of life that you've called me to. Maybe God's been stirring you to step out of the boat, so to speak, to take a risk, to, to start that business, to retrain into a different uh, career, to try something that you know God has always put it in your heart, but you felt scared and, and worried about whether it would come. Can I say that's a vision from God? That's God speaking to you. That's Him giving you a clear picture of a preferred future. But our question then has got to be, will we rise up and build a life that does that? Let 2024, let it be the year that you rise and build the life that God has called you to. Let's not just drift into another year, wondering what might happen, saying, well, you know, if it's God's will, then He'll just do it. He'll place it in my lap and it will be easy. Personally, I find God doesn't usually work like that. Not, not, not usually. There's always a balance. In fact, the Bible says it like this in Psalm 127 verse 1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house... Those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Notice the partnership there. It doesn't say that, you know, sit around and wait for God to build it. It says that you still labor, you still watch over the city, but there's a partnership there. You, you know, you still lock your doors. You still get insurance. Like you do, you do all those wise things. But in all of it, we understand that God is with us. That, 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 we, that if we're going to rise and build the life that he's called us to, it's going to take something from us. So what do you need to rise and build in your life this year to continue to take steps in God's vision for your life and your family? What, what, what is it for you today? What's, what's the picture that God's been speaking to you about for 2024. Maybe you're like, hey, it's my first time at Elevation. This sounds fairly, fairly, fairly full on. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just came. It's like 10 a.m. and that's what it said on the sign. So I, so I turned up. But can I encourage you today that God has a purpose and a plan for your life, that whatever stage of life you're in, maybe you're still at school and you're like, well, I can tell you God's, I don't know what the purpose and plan is, but year 10 is coming at me right now. But you know what? God, in that, God can do something Powerful. Maybe you're a young adult and you're uh, still in that deciding mode of, okay, what am I, what's my life going to be about? What am I going to give myself to? Can I encourage you? Would you take time to seek God and say, God, what do you have for me? We don't just want to have plans that we then ask God to bless. We want to ask God what track and what role and what future do you have for my life? And then we want to step into it. So not only do we want this rise and build response to be in our hearts and our actions and our lips and on our lips for God's vision for our own lives. But as a pastor, I'm praying and believing that this is our response to the vision God has given us as a church as well. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you weren't here, uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Miles uh, spoke a message to all our locations on Vision Sunday. I'd highly um, encourage you to jump on our podcast. It's on the YouTube uh, channel as well. Uh, you can get a hold of it. But he spoke clearly and prophetically into our year, he spoke about multiplication, which comes out of our vision statement, multiplying healthy local churches to transform our cities. And he used this, um, this Bible verse from Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. 
You know, Rachel mentioned already about our word for the year as a church across all our locations is more. More. We are believing for more souls to be saved. We are believing for more kingdom impact in the community. We are believing for more miracles, for more healing, for more our lives to be transformed by the power of God. How are we going to see that happen? We're going to believe for the power of God in every area of our life, not just on a Sunday morning, although we believe it on a Sunday morning, but on a Monday morning, on a Tuesday, on a Thursday night. We're believing that God will fill us with His power to do the work that He has called us to. Not only that, but we also believe that God has called us to apprentice others, to pour in to someone else, to not just live a life that's about me and my wants and desires, but say, hey, you know what? I can take someone else on this journey. And so I come back to Nehemiah again and say, we've heard the vision. We know what we're about. We know where we're going. My challenge once again is let's rise and build. Come on, let's be a church that here's, okay, this is where we're going as a church. Come on, ha- ha- have a look around. We, we, we definitely need more of something, and that's definitely seats. Like, we need, come on, come on, we need, we need, we need, we need more room. We need more space. We need more people to step up into, into leadership. We need more people to put their hand to the plow, so to speak, and say, hey, I'm going to serve. I'm going I'm to be a part. Why? Because God has called us to make a difference in this city. He's called us to make a difference in the region of Peel and in our state and, and, and beyond. And I get such a sense that we're right on the cusp of God breaking out with such grace and favor over our church, that people are just going to keep continually coming because they're being drawn from God. You know, I've heard something like this um, said so many times the last sort of probably two, two, three months. Oh, we've just been driving past and just felt like we should come in and check it out. Oh, we've seen what you guys have done with, you know, community, maybe it was WA Mums Cottage Quick Fit or, you know, Carol's or whatever. And we thought, hey, we, we just want to, we, we, we want to come and check it out. Or we are speaking to somebody and, and they were saying what God's doing and how God's moving in their life. And so we just want to come and be a part. Church, can I encourage you? God is moving. He is drawing people because he has called us to rise and build something are special here. Now is not the time to sit back and see what happens. It's time to rise and build. I want to challenge you this morning. If you call this place your spiritual home or church family, you don't serve or lead somewhere, now is the time. Let's respond with, okay, I'll rise and build. If you're not sure where this place is your spiritual home, I'm praying that you'll receive revelation from God. Yes, God, you've called me here. We aren't the only church in town. Can I just dismiss that for a second? By the way, anyone who says, this is like a side tip, anyone who says they are the only church, they're a cult. Just say, just, just say, you know, right, right? We believe in the full expression and measure of the church, right? But what do we also believe? We also believe that God calls us to places. And so if you're like, you know, I'm just checking out, seeing what it's like, great, do that. We'll meet with you. We'll let you know what we're about as a church. We'll let you know the vision. But can I say the greatest thing you need to ask is ask God. Okay, God, have you called me here? If you've called me here, then let's go. Let's get planted. Let's get our hand to the plow. Let's rise and build and see God move in this place. If you're a person who thinks, you know, I I don't like to step forward. I I want someone to ask me to be involved, then I'll be involved. This is me asking you to be involved. (laughs) This is me asking you to be involved. Why? You, you may be like, oh, what? what's going on? Are we, are we running short and, and desperate for people? No, but we're desperate to see God move in this city. 
We're desperate to expand the borders. We're desperate to rise and build a church that makes a difference in lives. We're desperate to see a city shaken and turned by the power of God. And so we can need to continue to build what God has called us to build for His glory and for those outside of this place to find life and to find hope. I know Rachel spoke about this already, but if you call this place home, it don't currently give. Now is the time. Rise up and build. Are we short and desperate on money? No, we have a very generous church, but we have a big vision. And God has called us to make a difference in people and places all, all, all around. God, God has given us a big vision, a vision of multiplication. This year, as probably most of you know, we're, we're literally rising and building. We're building another kid's room, office space, uh, storage, storage extension. But that's, not, that's the beginning, not the end. Why? Because we're believing for more people, for more lives to be changed, for more generations to be impacted by God's power and life and salvation. How, how good was last week seeing the impact of youth camp on young people's lives? Uh, even hearing stories from, 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 from parents this week about how, how their, their students have loved youth camp and what it did in their hearts and their relationships with others. It's time to rise and build in prayer. Let's continue to pray for our church, to pray for our city, that, to pray that Jesus Christ is Lord over the city of Mandra, over the region of, of Peel and beyond. Let's be a part of, of prayer and fasting as we rise and build this thing, not just physically, but spiritually as well. You know, I, I won't read it now, but I read from Nehemiah 2. Uh, if you'd like to go home, I'd encourage you to read Nehemiah 3, and you might think it's one of those passages in the, uh, which happens a fair bit in the Old Testament, where it just lists a lot of names and people, and what happens is the people say to Nehemiah, right, let's rise and build, let's do this thing, and then the rest of chapter 3 is this person built from here to here on the wall, then this person built from here to here on the wall, then this person built from here. You know, and, and as a Bible reader, sometimes we just go, yep, yep, skim, 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 skim. But there's power in that one. It places the Bible in reality, in time and space. Like these were actual people. Like this happened. This isn't like a motivating narrative to help us overcome life's problems. This actually happened. They, they say about 444 BC. So it places it in time and space. But also it shows us, hey, what happens when God's people move together, when God's people work together, that the work can be amazing as we focus on God, as we take responsibility for those different, uh, for those different sections. So as I start to wrap up, let's be a church. Let's be a church that attend regularly. I know this sounds basic 101, but, but there's something about being in the room. Let's be a church that... Let's be a people that give consistently. Let's be people that invite confidently. Our hope is that you can invite people here on a Sunday morning confidently, that you can invite family members and uh, family friends to, you know, things like the color obstacle run, and you're like, yes, come along, that you can invite people that you know to, uh, may have kids as toddlers, to toddler jam, you know, teenagers on a Friday night, wherever it is. Let's, let's invite confidently. Let's serve enthusiastically enthusiastically. We get to do this. God has called us to be a part of this. Let's, let's bring enthusiasm to our serving. Let's pray fervently. Not just a little 
you know, I was um, a master. I grew up with two younger brothers. And so three boys were always hungry constantly. And so, you know, it came to, it came to, to grace. And I can still remember, thank you, Jesus, who's loving food, blessed our bodies, amen. We, we had it down pat as fast as we could. So you could, it's just in as muscle memory. It's in there. I'm, I'm the dad that makes us go like a little bit slower most of the time, or then our youngest says he's going to pray, and others roll their eyes, and we're like, okay, hurry up, Let's, we're ready, we, but, but we want to be a church that prays fervently, that doesn't just tick the prayer box, I, I prayed over my food tonight, that's good, I prayed over my kids as they went to bed, also good, but let's be a church that prays fervently, maybe the band can come and join me uh, as I wrap up, but let's be a people who respond to God's personal calling on our lives with a rise and build mentality. With that, okay, God, this is what you're speaking to me about my life, about my family, about my situation this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rise and build a life like that. And let's be a people that respond to the vision of the house and the church and what God's doing in our city and beyond with that same deal. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rise up and build. We're talking about more this year, so I, I'm going to be part of that. I, I'm going to make stuff happen. I'm going to serve. I'm going to give. I, I'm going to be someone who gets in and gets it all happening and, and sees God move in a powerful way. And so today, in a few moments, we're going to, we're going to pray and we're going to anoint with oil. We, we need the power of God. We need the Holy Spirit in our life because God has anointed you. And He has anointed us. But before we do that, I'd love to give an opportunity as every head is bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never made that decision to follow Jesus before. You've never made that decision to give your life to Christ. I want to tell you, it's the greatest decision you could ever make. It's a decision that will see your life turned around. Will everything go perfect and well for you? Probably not, but you will have an eternal hope that's found in God. You will have a connection to God Almighty who will come and feed with strength and, and power. And so this morning, as I look across, in a moment we're going to pray together. We won't put you out the front or embarrass you, but we do want to know who we're praying with. And remember how I said about that, that physical with the spiritual making a connection. There's something about lifting a hand and saying yes to Jesus physically that, that, that just puts us in the right heart posture as well. So if there's someone like that, you want to say yes to Jesus Christ, would you just lift your hand where you are? I'll see it. You can put it back down. Yeah, I see your hand at the back there. That's awesome. Come on, is there someone else who wants to join this person making a decision for Christ?